Hello. Um, so welcome to everything you need to know and everything that you don't. Uh, this is just something I'm kind of doing for myself with the hopes that maybe someone will listen and learn something new. Uh, <laughs> what else can I hope for? So I'm reading off these uh, notes that I have and I wrote that, so it's going in. Um, I thought it sounded good at about uh, 1 o'clock last night, so uh, it's in there. So this podcast is kind of just another podcast in the already oversaturated uh, podcast market. Uh, you know, people call it the golden age of podcasting, but uh, there's so much out there. So uh, why why listen to this? Well, it's what you should listen to if you want to sound really smart or um, be like Spencer Reed and pull random facts out of your pocket when. When someone mentions something kind of weird uh, at a party and then you feel really good and you have this sort of like a god complex for about 60 seconds until the topic changes and everyone is no longer focused on the fact that you have <laughs> random information. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to meet me in real life, which would be uh, slightly strange, you would quickly figure out that I have a lot of interests um, and they're incredibly niche, and I can't seem to focus on them for any more than a few weeks without getting way too bored. <laughs> um, but for those 14 days, I know everything about that topic, and so I want to put that somewhere so I'm not wasting all of my time, and maybe share it with some people who will find it interesting, because I find it interesting. And I'm also incredibly indecisive, so I had some trouble choosing what to start with. I feel like there's some pressure when you're starting something to uh, make sure that it's good. Uh, but I, I gave up. I gave up on that uh, very quickly. And so I'm going to talk about something that I feel like appeals to a wider audience. I'm going to talk about music. Um, not, not the entire idea of music. That would be an incredibly long podcast episode. Um, but I'm going to talk about actual music and more specifically, how we develop our individual tastes in music. Uh, that's always been something that, that uh, interests me. I have a highly musical family. You know, we're always listening to something. Uh, we have all sang at some points in our lives, played instruments. We just, uh, it's a lot of what we do, but why do, why are there so many different types? Why do people have such crazy tastes that are so different from one another? Um, so... We've always argued about what music is, is best. Um, that's that's a fact uh, since the dawn of musical time. You can look uh, back to the late 1700s with uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and his rivalry with Antonio Salieri. I mean, Mozart is the famous one. <laughs> if you went into a class of, of young people, maybe not kindergarten, but young people, they would be like, oh yeah, I know who Mozart is. And you'd say Salieri, and unless it was some child uber genius <laughs> they'd probably be like oh, i'm not really sure who he is but i'm sure in the time during that time there was someone who liked salieri better than mozart probably wanted to be a contrarian you know said that mozart was garbage to make a lot of people angry <laughs> um but now with the sheer availability of so much music you're no longer limited to either mozart or salieri you no longer have to pick uh, one of two sides although there were more musicians than just mozart and salieri in the 1700s um there's so much music and it's not 
as hard to access anymore. I mean, you used to have to buy records or tapes, um, and you'd queue in, you listen to the radio, and whatever was on was what you were listening to. Uh, that's not the case, although some people still uh, prefer vinyl to digital music. Um, but we're kind of, there's such a vast availability of music now that we're no longer limited. Um, and this has caused these these individual music tastes to become further and more extreme and uh, so much more different from each other. Um, I feel like you, it would be almost impossible to find two people with the same exact taste in music. like. They have the same favorite song and the same favorite artists and didn't like the same things just because there's so much available and there are so many different people. Um, sorry, that was a train horn. Don't know if you heard that. Uh, I'm not sure how much this mic uh, picks up. But why? Uh, why are our brains only wired to enjoy certain songs or certain types of music? I mean, I know I have a particular taste, although it's kind of eclectic and there's a lot there's a lot going on um, but there are definitely songs that I like and songs that I don't why are our brains wired to only enjoy certain songs or certain types of music well sorry to break it to you but scientists have decided that it's not mostly related to the way our brain was formed Sure, that is some some part of it, uh, but many scientists who have studied this topic have revealed that a large portion of our individual music taste is based on the environment that we live in and grew up in. We're going to start with a small study with babies, because that's always exciting. So a small study was performed on the babies uh, who had mothers who were musicians, and the study found that these babies who were placed in backstage so they couldn't cheat and <laughs> look at their parents reacted more positively to the music of their mothers than the music of the other women participating in the study. And researchers argued that this was because the babies had been around their parents, listening to them practice, listening to their voices, and listening to their heartbeats. It was um, a sort of connection with their parent that caused them. It had a more calming effect on the babies that the mother was uh, related to which is interesting. It says something about uh, not only our connection with our uh, parents and our environment, but also what impact that environment has on, on the music that has the most profound uh, impact on us. Ooh, we are forgetting words. Words are just flying out of the brain. This happens a lot. Um, so a quick sidebar actually about heartbeats and music, um, because I am a fan of the sidebar. Uh, in many film scores, where a composer wants you to feel fear or anticipation, the beats per minute of the score matches your resting heart rate, which is about 60 to 100 beats in the average uh, adult, and then increases growing faster and faster to ramp up your heartbeat and trigger your flight or flight, which I thought, uh, I, I think I just said flight or flight, uh, fight or flight. Uh, an example of this is Beethoven's Fourth Symphony specifically the second movement, uh, and even though it's not a film score, and I know I just said film score, it does have a very noticeable heartbeat-like beat that can be heard throughout the entire second movement. Um, in fact, fun fact, during the Renaissance and Baroque periods, the tempo of a piece was often determined by divisions of a heartbeat. So the foundations of music uh, were 
always related to the heartbeat. So uh, look down at your heart and thank it for 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 beats for beating and making music. Um, additionally, um, film scores have been found to mimic screams or other sort of uh, triggering noises in order to activate your fight or flight. One of the most notable examples is the music from the shower scene of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, when the woman gets murdered in the shower. It kind of has this scraping violin in the background. It's like, ree, ree, ree. And that's because they want to scare you. <laughs> um, okay, so back to music tastes. Um, we're back from my sidebar. We are back on the main bar. Um, so now that we know that babies like their mom's music, which is, of course, incredibly important, what? Is that so outlandish and groundbreaking? Uh, no, not entirely. But it stresses the fact that as humans, we like what we know, which is, I think, something we know. So maybe we like that. Um, do you have siblings? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. What about a parent who played music in the car or in the kitchen while they made dinner? I'm not sure what your uh, individual childhood experience with music was, but I can bring mine to the table. Um, you know, we like what we know. Uh, I have a twin sister. We have wildly different tastes in music. Um, but we grew up together, and so we do have certain overlaps with the music that we grew up listening to. You know, stuff like Queen, like Lou Reed, like the Bee Gees. <laughs> These musicians we have in common because they surrounded us as we grew up, and so we like that sort of music just because it's always been around, constantly impacting our tastes. As I talk, my throat is going to get so hoarse, so I'm sure you can hear that already. Um, but at the same time, it, it's not just limited to the songs that our parents played for us. You build, your music taste builds off of what you already like. You know, you find similar artists or you find new albums that you didn't know before. And so it's like branching off a tree and some of those branches are gonna overlap because they're part of the same tree, if that makes absolutely any sense. Back to science, um, get away from my childhood, let's talk about science. Um, Nim Tottenham, who is a scientist, studied something uh, similar to the babies, except she didn't use babies. In 2012, she took uh, 22-year-old subjects, so actually far from babies, and played the music from multiple different eras, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all, all that jazz. Um, she discovered that the music from the era when her subjects were children reduced their anxiety by the greatest amount. Um, when you listen to music, it has... Uh, it, it releases certain chemicals that are, that are found to make you calmer. It has this sort of calming effect, even if you're listening to crazy stuff. But listening, listening to music does release certain... I believe it's dopamine. I hope it's dopamine. Correct me if it's not dopamine. It releases dopamine, and that dopamine calms you down, and so the music that you'd have the strongest connection to would reduce your anxiety the most. That's just an explanation for uh, why it was reducing their anxiety. Um, she ended up determining that, quote, in early childhood, before the higher brain networks are developed, learning is much more driven by emotions. So musical experiences acquired at that time would be more emotional than cognitive, end quote. Um, that was just her little summary to that, so that I wouldn't have to explain it. So I just decided to uh, slide it in there. 
one more study um, while we continue to look at science because science is fun. Um, in one final study, uh, Jim McDermott, who's a professor at MIT, uh, he's an assistant professor at MIT, he studied 100 subjects from a remote Bolivian village that I couldn't pronounce the name of, so I decided to call it a remote Bolivian village, um, as well as some subjects from uh, the Western world, specifically the US. Um, so he played some different chords, some were dissonant and some were consonant, just to see how the subjects reacted. He discovered that in contrast to Westerners, uh, who rated the consonant sounds as pleasant and the dissonant sounds as unpleasant, the people from the Bolivian village rated the two classes of sounds as equally pleasant. So what does that mean? Uh, that's just kind of, what does that show? Uh, well, this again probably has something to do with a cultural impact on your music taste. The majority of songs heard on the radio in, in the Western world, specifically the US, I know that because I live in the US, have an upbeat tune. So even when artists are singing about sex, drugs, or rock and roll, it's just what uh, Americans find more auditory pleasing, auditorily pleasing because that's what we're surrounded by. But not everyone who lives in the same area has the same taste in music. Um, so there has to be something else. And there is. Let's go back to me and my twin sister. We do have overlap. Uh, we do have the branches of the trees that cross, but um, our music taste is far from the same. In fact, we constantly argue about whose is better. Uh, it's definitely mine. But uh, that, why? why? Why are we so different if, if our environment was the same? I mean, I've been saying that environment has a great impact. Well, there is something else. Um, music is the perfect vessel for emotion. It's a sort of universal language where chords and harmonies can affect every heart in a different way. And listening to music releases endorphins, which can make us excited or calm, as I mentioned earlier, but there's also a much more personal and less sciencey reason as to why we love the music we love. Each, mu each song has a message or evokes a certain emotion, and there will always be lyrics and emotions that connect to us more than others. As we grow older, the lyrics and emotions that connect to us might change, which could be why we develop different tastes in music as we grow up. I, music is, is a deeply personal art form, and I'm not going to have the same taste as my sister because I don't have the same emotions as my sister. I don't have the same thoughts as my sister, and I'm more likely to gravitate to music that, that reflects and addresses those thoughts and emotions. Um, music is a complex and important part of our lives, and our taste in music can say a lot about a person, and where we're from, how we grew up, the people we surrounded ourselves with, even the way we felt at different moments of our lives. It's an incredibly interesting topic, and if you want to learn more about it uh, past this podcast episode, you can check out any of the following sources I consulted. Uh, these are kind of my favorite and the most helpful. Um, on thelisteners.club.com, Music and the Heartbeat by Timothy Judd. On Forbes.com, Why Do People Have Different Tastes in Music by Joyce Schenken. I hope I said that right, Joyce. Um, uh, on CNN.com, Where Your Music Taste Comes From by Jacqueline Howard. And on thescienceofpeople.com, The Benefits of Music, how, science, how the Science of Music Can Help You. And finally, on Fast Company, The Surprising Science Behind What Music Does to Our Brains by Belle Beth Cooper. 
Thank you for listening to everything you need to know and everything you don't. If you have any corrections or comments, I'm sure you probably do. Uh, feel free to reach out to me at everythingyouneedpodcast at gmail.com. Have a wonderful afternoon, morning, or evening, and stay curious.